Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, everybody. So, big topic today, Ange. Yeah. We've been it's wanting a, to do this one for a while. I think you more than me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very potentially controversial topic. Oh, for sure. But very relevant. Yeah. Needed. I, I mean, we are going to be talking about politics. Christianity. And your kids' future. That's a big topic. We get a lot of questions Mm -hmm. about where we stand on things or Mm -hmm. um, why we're pro-Trump, for example, and a Christian. A lot of those surprisingly come from international audience uh, messaging us, which is interesting. And so we thought we would do an episode on it so you fully understand why we have taken a stance we have. And just know we're 100% for unity. Mm-hmm. This is not meant to be a divisive episode at all, mm-hmm. but we live in America and we believe that as Christians, we need to reject passivity, stand mm-hmm. for truth and lead unapologetically. That's right. And it's getting harder and harder to do that in a society that is becoming more oppressed, right? Yeah. Which actually is one of the things we will talk about in down the road in this podcast. Yeah, with censorship but, and the lack of freedom yeah. of speech that's happening, especially mm-hmm. towards conservatives. I mean, that's right. a fact. I right. mean, you can't argue that. Of course, anybody can argue anything, but... Right. Um, it's, because we do have freedom of speech. <laughs> yeah, which is good. So let's. Uh, there's a lot of confusion right now. And I think uh, the Piper thing, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And people, uh, Christian leaders uh, taking different stances out there and so forth. So we're going to give our stance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want, a lot of you have also been asking, quick segue, and we'll get into it in a second. Wow. Where in Idaho do you live? <laughs> and and uh, wow, okay. that's beautiful. Because, okay. you know, yeah, we've been pretty excited. It's been a little while since we've owned a home and mm-hmm. praise God, six years. Uh, yeah. a very unique thing happened where we were able to do that. Um, I would say it was a bit unconventional and very much a blessing. Yep. And part of that blessing um, was our incredible uh, company that helped us to be able to secure real estate. Mm-hmm. And so Idaho Wild and um, Mark there and his team are really phenomenal. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. uh, I would, since we get so many people asking, hey, I'm interested in moving to Idaho and so forth. If you're interested in Southern Idaho, because that's what his company handles, Mm -hmm. then go to CourageousParenting.com. We'll put a form in the link. You can put your name and answer a couple questions. And then I'm going to give Idaho Wild access to that so they can follow up with you. It's been a little bit of an administrative challenge. So many people are messaging us and interested Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. who did you use, who helped you and so forth. And uh, what's cool is a strong Christian uh, led company and uh, just awesome, awesome people. So yeah. So we're excited to connect you guys with them if that is a desire of your heart and something that you are pursuing right now. So we also just wanted to kick off this particular podcast topic 
with a scripture in Psalm 33, 12. Amen. It says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. It was interesting. I was just reading this and it's, you know, reading blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I, I'm sure that blessed is the nation whose leader is a Christian, Yeah. but that's not what the scripture says. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is, for me at least, one of the things that I have been focusing on, not, um, yes, I would ideally love to have a candidate that was running that had the some of the strengths that I do see in Trump politically, right, and with policies and different things, but also have an even stronger faith and conviction of the way that he, his character is portrayed, right? I would love to see that. Um, but I think that sometimes... Our ideologies can be out of a desire to have Jesus as the president, and that's not actually something that we can have yeah, in today's society. Absolutely. We need and to so, look at this uh, circumspectly. We need to look at this from a biblical perspective and so forth. Mm -hmm. And uh, oftentimes we're taught not to talk about religion and politics, and that is detrimental to the culture within our homes. Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps, just challenge yourself in this question, mm -hmm. because that was ingrained in you at, in the workplace, mm -hmm. not to do, not to talk about those things, or in social gatherings, or maybe at Thanksgiving, because mm -hmm. people have different beliefs and so forth. We mm -hmm. all obviously have to be respectful. Has that seeped into how you lead your family? Right. How you parent, what you talk about at the dinner table. And have your, yeah. do your kids now believe they should never talk about religion and politics because of what you've maybe, um, not consciously, but subconsciously passed on to them? And maybe is that why we have some generations from a generational perspective that are very um, leaning, very liberal or passive in some ways. Right. And this is actually, can I just say, the ones that are for those of you who are listening, what, what this, this particular topic is the part that I get most excited about. Oh, I love um, it when you're excited. Just because... You know, we always try to take back what we're talking about, what's relevant today, what's needed for parents to talk about, yes, for their own personal exhortation, their own personal spiritual growth. Um, but at the same time, we need to look at it and go, how is this impacting my kids? And how is this going to impact my legacy? And how is this going to yes. impact my kids' future, my grandkids' future, my great-grandkids? Mm -hmm. What about six generations down the road? Yes, what we do and how we vote actually will impact the generations, six generations, seven generations down the road, yeah. right? And we need to recognize that. We need to recognize that to take a passive approach yeah. or a nonchalant, like to, to, to fall into the trap of thinking that by, oh, my vote doesn't matter, or they're both that you can justify in your mind a reason why not to vote for it, either of them, right? Or, hey, God is sovereign. Therefore, what I do doesn't matter. There is some people that believe that God is sovereign. That's true. But what you do but does what you matter. Do does matter. See, right. and God things, put you here for a reason. Multiple things can be true at the same time. Mm -hmm. We'll talk more about that. Yeah. And so I think that there is an element of where, do you see how Isaac just even brought up something where a biblical uh, conviction mm -hmm. can actually warp your conviction on what you do. Mm -hmm. And so I, we just want to encourage you guys that there is actually, um, we will dive into 20 reasons why. Mm -hmm. We are going to be voting for Trump. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that stuff, you guys, we have some bigger topics to dive into first that have actual massive impact on your kids. And how to talk to your kids about politics and how to raise up kids that don't maybe have some of the shortcomings 
we do. And maybe you're like, Hey, I don't have these shortcomings. Cool. You're unique. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because frankly, I believe we've had those shortcomings in our past. 100%. And which is not being bold and getting more involved and in these kinds of things in the political arena and not talking about it. Um, I can remember when I'm in business, I wouldn't talk about these things. And there is a place and time we have to Mm -hmm. be respectful and we have to be, I think the key word is discerning. And not divisive. And not divisive. And always speak in love and pay attention to who's around us and how that uh, impacts people. Mm -hmm. All of these things, everything we do should be done in love. But it doesn't mean we are passive about things of great importance. And I would say that between the two of us, I for sure have had the most conviction about being passive to the point where like I so struggle with that people pleaser, those who've you guys who have been listening for a long time know this. I've brought it up a few times to where I don't want to cause anyone to argue, right? I don't want to stir division. And so even though I might have a very strong conviction on a specific matter, whether it be masks or vaccinations, Mm -hmm. you may not have seen me post about it. That doesn't mean that conviction wasn't there. Right. And so for us to actually be diving into this topic and really challenging people, now we will Mm -hmm. give our perspective on quite a few different issues. Yeah. But we actually want to challenge you guys. Like if we were to literally go over the 20 policies, for example, or 20 issues that we're going to go over, if we were to go into every single one in depth, going through scripture, this would be a 20 episode podcast. Oh, yeah. And so I have to urge you guys to maybe take notes, write down the different issues, because we are going to be rapid firing some of this stuff. And you have to, I I just want to urge you to seek the word, to seek God's guidance, to have a humble, teachable heart. Um, We are still in the process of learning about some of these, you know, and like, God, show me, like, how does this relate this year compared to four years ago? You know, So so let's dive in right before we do, though, I just want you to know all the show notes, everything's at courageousparenting.com, hit podcast. This episode will be there. Uh, Also, if you're interested on relocation podcast, just because so many people have been asking about why we're moving and so forth, that's Mm -hmm. there. Both this episode and the relocation podcast, that form will be for if you're interested in talking to the people that have helped us and uh, so creative and good at what they're doing there. And Mm -hmm. make sure you do it that way because they are going to give importance to the people that do that Mm -hmm. form. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's dive into it. Um, Number Number one one. is teach what you are learning. Well, that sounds really simple. Well, it's amazing how we lack implementing this first point here. (laughs) It's like, okay, we're learning things, but then we're like, okay, what's appropriate and not appropriate to teach our kids. And then because we're not sure, maybe we don't talk about anything that could be one hurdle or maybe we're not learning. Right. And so that's another, that that could be a really, if you're not talking about the things that you're um, struggling to fully understand yourself, it could actually be a sign that there's some pride there. Yeah. Um, and what we're actually encouraging you, especially as your kids are getting older, is to actually ask them what they're learning about things. To have, um, one, yes, to have a humble heart attitude, yeah. right? Because you can learn some things from your kids. I know we have, right? Oh, yeah. But at the same time, don't you, wouldn't you rather have an open, honest, non-threatening discussion with one of your kids or with all of your kids to hear what their beliefs are and how they've actually been impacted and influenced by media, by friends, by grandparents, by whoever, you have this discussion and you might not even realize that your kids have some of the convictions and beliefs that they do have. In which case, isn't there, there's no greater motivation than that to learn on those topics, right? Yeah. 
So super important. And sometimes we fail to teach things until we know everything about it. We're like, well, I want to make sure I'm right about everything. So I'm going to, you know, I don't, and then I don't have time to study enough. So then we don't teach something. What I have found is when I'm not a hundred percent sure about everything around a topic, I'll share. Sometimes I'll share, Hey, I heard this is happening, Mm -hmm. but I just want you guys to know, I didn't read the full article, so I don't know everything about it, but I do know this. And Mm -hmm. so I'm always just really transparent about Mm -hmm. what I know Mm -hmm. and what I don't know. And I think that is one of the biggest, we've talked about this many times before, but that's one of the biggest things as a parent you need to get good at is being mm-hmm. humble mm-hmm. and what i mean get good at that it it's a muscle you actually have to work because yeah. sometimes we feel like we need to have all the answers and i think that's a great jeopardy to being a great parent yeah i mean the reality is that we always are learning right and so if we have that attitude as we're going along in our parenting, our kids, it's contagious. Our kids are more likely to pick that up as well. You're more likely to have more productive conversations, um, less arguing, all of the, all of those things too. And we, so we don't want robots as kids that mm-hmm. just believe and do every single thing we say, right? We want thinkers, don't we? Mm-hmm. We want people that can think. And so um, encouraging and welcoming discussion is so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not the same belief actually. And the reality is, is there are so many issues you can talk about. I I would encourage you not to get hung up on just one. Like there are so many, find the things that you, if you have a hard time, especially if your kids are older, older, right. Mm -hmm. And you have a hard time talking about politics because maybe you're listening to this going, yep, that was what I did wrong. Mm. And I feel super convicted about it, but how do I start now? Right. Yeah. I would say, try to find something that you have commonality on, discuss it together and find that common bridge, right? And yeah. then move forward. I love, for example, our daughter Kelsey is a junior at Liberty University. Mm-hmm. And I love talking to her because she is learning different things from her professors and experiences mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. forth. And we have such lively discussion and and uh, it's just so fun. And so mm-hmm. um, teach them earlier than you think you need to. We teach this uh, to parents about everything. Because what we naturally think when they're ready to hear something, the likelihood they already have seen it or heard it. Right. So so much earlier than we actually so, suspect. So err so yeah. on the side of earlier. It's You're the judge of when you do anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that means for your kids. You have to discern that. But don't be a fear-based parent that mm-hmm. is worried about sharing things with your kids mm-hmm. uh, or scared. Maybe it's just all on you. You're just scared mm-hmm. of how you're going to talk about it. Right. And I would say too, if you have old, some older kids and some younger kids in the home at the same time, I'm just going to warn you the age that you chose for your older kid might not be the right age for your younger kids because your younger kids, every kid is different, right? What they're exposed to is different, but the fact that they have an older sibling in the home alone changes the game because you've likely had conversations with your older kids about things. And then maybe a little kid has heard a word or something in a conversation, like he's heard the word abortion or he's yeah. heard the word and he, and he doesn't maybe know what it means, but he's going to be asking about it a lot sooner than that oldest child in your family probably did because they might not have heard that conversation. Maybe you and your husband only talked about it on date nights or whatever. Right. Yeah. And so I just want to, I want to give you that little warning that you have to evaluate every kid differently where they are in their spiritual maturity, just in their maturity, right? Their intellect, but also their curiosity and what they've been exposed to. I also think it's when you're learning, it's so important to be careful who and what you're learning from. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have this invincible spirit 
uh, about you that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what I look le- look at or learn from, it won't sway me. Okay. We all get influenced Mm -hmm. in the smallest and biggest ways we don't even see sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really important that you're aware of that. And I would just highly discourage, I'm sure everybody already agrees with this, to stay away from mainstream media Mm -hmm. uh, as far as if you're getting political opinions or world affairs. Especially if you tend to struggle with discernment. I mean, different people have different strengths and weaknesses, right? And so it's just good to be honest with yourself about that. And if you struggle with having... Um, good, solid biblical discernment, then maybe that's something that you really want to limit for yourself. So then the question becomes, and I get this all the time, well, if it's not mainstream media, where do we find out about things? Mm -hmm. And I'm just not going to give you a list. I have a list. You've given it to the Courageous Parenting Group before. I have have a process, but I'd rather have you look for that. One thing tip I'll give you is I follow actual people on social media, Mm -hmm. like politicians, the individuals themselves, Mm -hmm. so that I can see what's coming out of their mouths. Because by the time things get to mainstream media, it gets distorted, twisted, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I have a foundational understanding of things that I can see what's true and not true about what people are saying based on past things and so forth. So I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 14, 15 says, thank you, honey. Mm -hmm. The simple believes every word. But the prudent considers well his steps. Wow, that is so important. (laughs) We don't want to be the simple. And frankly, it seems like there's a lot of simple out there. Right. There's a lot of people that just believe every word from the the side they're on, from the Mm -hmm. direction they're going. Versus really digging for the truth. Digging for the truth mm-hmm. and seeing, and, and, and no side is perfect, right? right? And there's no perfection out there. The only perfection is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if we're looking for perfection, then we Man, really don't understand the gospel. We don't understand that nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. Everybody is is uh, corrupted, and that's why we need Jesus. Right, for all of Amen? sin and fall short of the glory of God. The reality is, is every single person that could ever run for this office or any other office could be declared unsuitable. Oh, yeah. Unrighteous, unworthy at some point because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the minute that you think that somebody isn't is the minute that you've fallen into the trap of pride. And so, have we made an idol out of the person that we are electing? And so, that goes into the next point, which is teach critical thinking. Mm-hmm. What is that? That is digging deeper, as Angie was talking about, and really looking at multiple information points and being grounded in what the Bible says, and then looking at things from a, I would call a clear thinking perspective, mm-hmm. taking biases out, taking, now you can't completely take biases out, we all have them, but it's really important mm-hmm. to try and get to that clear thinking and help your kids do it. But if you don't mm-hmm. practice that, really um, trying to understand what is true mm-hmm. versus just what I care about and what I think the way things should be, or just looking at maybe a couple policies and making a decision on that, for example, too, right? Or just what people are saying or what some pundit is saying. Or maybe what one pastor is saying, yeah. right? Just following, like, maybe, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's probably a pastor out there that's made a voting guide that's like, this is how I'm voting on all these issues. And maybe there are some followers that are just like, oh, I'm just going to do what he did. And, and, and I think that's wonderful if a pastor does that, but we should always, shepherding. Yeah. we should always be looking at it, uh, with questioning it, questioning. And we want our kids, if you want your kids to stand mm-hmm. for truth, they need to be good at questioning what information people mm-hmm. are giving them. 
That's right. And I think that critical thinking, clear thinking can lead to a clear conscience, which is what we all want before God. Ultimately, regardless of if you agree with us on who we're voting for, which is not what this is actually about. This is about so much more than that. This is about what are you teaching your kids? Are you having conversations? Have you been teaching them about these different policies? Are you actually having a teachable heart? Are you teaching your kids what you're learning? Are you having a critical thinking? Are you teaching them how to critical think? Because Critical thinking leads leads to clearer thinking. Clear thinking leaves you in a place with a clear conscience before God. Mm -hmm. If you have a muddled up thinking, you're confused, you're unsure, and you can't own something, then of course you're going to struggle with having a clear conscience before God. And you might feel less likely to actually mark something on a ballot because you know you're going to be held accountable for that, right? But the reality is, is that we have to have a clear conscience before God. We have to pray about this. This is a really big issue and it's a privilege and an honor. And there are countries out there that they don't actually get to practice in true honesty, this privilege of being able to vote. So and a great thing, practical thing, and when you're with your kids is asking, maybe you're talking about something in the news or something that's happening. And then you can ask them, why do you think this is happening? Mm-hmm. See, the traditional parent might just give the answer in their opinion. I think it's far better to present what's happening and then ask, why do you think that's happening? Mm-hmm. That's creating right. critical thinkers versus them listening mm-hmm. to a critical thinker, right. you. And it's interesting too. I mean, I watched one of the debates with the kids when you were traveling mm-hmm. and one of the kids said, I just don't like how much they interrupt each other. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. I mean, they're really struggling with not being kind, with being rude. Mm -hmm. Do all humans struggle with that at times? Yes. Do some struggle with it more than others? Yes. Because we all have something, a thing, maybe more than one thing that we're tempted to struggle with. Mm -hmm. And you don't just ignore that. You don't. You talk to your kids about that character issue and how that is a turnoff to Mm -hmm. people. Right. Yeah. And you then you pray for the leaders because they are your leaders. Yeah. You don't just condemn them and leave it at that. You go, okay, I see this sin in their life that they're struggling with, and I'm gonna pray for them and I'm gonna be a faithful person because that's what God's called me to. Yeah. And that right there is teaching your kids faithfulness. It's teaching them the power of prayer and supplication, which God calls us to be praying for those who are in positions of authority over us. This is a really big deal. Yeah. That's a really big deal. And another principle, practical thing you can teach your kids is that multiple things can be true at the same time that are very different from each other. Yeah. Okay. So an example of that is, let's talk about COVID, for example. Mm -hmm. Could it be true that um, this happened in China, which we know that that's a fact first, Mm -hmm. and that... um, China maybe, perhaps, didn't uh, try and stop it or let other countries know in time because there was an election coming. Now, this could be called a conspiracy theory, Mm -hmm. but it could be true. Mm -hmm. And could there be something about COVID? I'm just saying what Christians out there have said, where this is a drive towards vaccinations and- Herd immunity and control. Yeah, and control and things like that. Could that be true? That could be true. Could it also be true that- um, the president gave a valid effort and is not behind those things and is trying when early in COVID, he was trying to, um, 
you know, prevent the spread and so forth, but he is not maybe behind this other agenda mm-hmm. because we can mix them all together. Right. Or could it be true that, um, there's things happening and then they get used for evil afterwards. I mean, everybody can say, oh, but he did this with when they have hindsight, but we all have to remember where we were at back in January, February, and March. None of us really knew what was going on. And I'm yeah. sure that he was still also going through the same like learning and trying to totally. scramble all these things. But Lots yet, of do, different information. But do people have grace with that? No, they just expect him to be all knowing as if he's God, but he's not. He's a man, a so, mere man. Yeah. And and I love your, that we've talked about this many times that multiple things can be true at the same time. So can it be true that COVID is a real virus that can be dangerous for old people and immune compromise? Absolutely is. That seems to and be factual. And at the same time, can it be true that it might be wise for older people to wear masks or to be careful and not going into certain places if they have a compromised immune system. While at the same time, can it also be true that the government is attempting a form of control and exercising potentially um, an experiment to see how they can get the population to be obedient in wearing masks? That could be right? true. It I mean, also, there's many different things. It also could be true that it's a political season, and so that's a, changing a how yeah. things are handled. And it could also be considered a fear tactic. I mean, there's so many, you hear so many different things and can a few of them be true? Yes. Can all of them be true? Actually, they all could be. We're not saying if they are or not. Our point is, do you see how between Isaac and I, we brought up at least six or seven different things that people have talked about regarding COVID and masks Yeah. and how you could sit at a dinner room table with your kids and discuss all these things and more and hear their opinions and get them critically thinking. And I think when they come up with something, even if you don't 100% agree with it, I think it's good to let them think about it and go, that could be true. Like we want to encourage if a parent who has so much authority just shuts down their ideas, then they're not going to bring those ideas in the future. So we need to be, remember, if you, the more respect you give your kids, the, they rise to that level of respect. And the more respect they'll give you too. So one example of that would be um, a parent who maybe is enforcing not wearing masks or a parent who is enforcing wearing masks. Either one versus having the conversation with your kids, talking about all the things that you think are going on, asking them what they think's going on, asking them what they feel a conviction towards or not, and helping them to make the best, most autonomous decision, right? Like that would be critical thinking, owning it, living out your conviction, which is a three-step process that we need to teach our kids in all kinds of issues. So let's go into Christian's role in politics. Okay. So first of all, vote, right? Yeah. (laughs) Regardless who you're voting for, vote, Mm -hmm. exercise the right, let your kids see that, Uh, show them the ballot, you know, Uh, how could you talk through it with them on who you're voting for locally and nationally and all these things, right? Um, But we need to bring up a recent article that John Piper wrote, and this is just a small part of what we're talking about, but I think it's important because he just wrote an article, and we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, You can read it yourself. And it talks about, uh, it really overall encourages, I believe, this is my opinion after reading it, that uh, people not to vote for Trump that are Christians. For Trump, yeah. Now, he says... Total credit, and I have a lot of respect for John Piper. He says, I'm not trying to tell anybody who to vote for here. But you're a leader, John. Mm -hmm. 
right? So what you say influences tons of Christians, just like what we say influences tons of Christians. Mm -hmm. And we know that. So we know everything we say is going to influence or we're going to say it knowing that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but here's the things I got after reading his article. You might get different things and that's cool. The moral character is as important as policy or maybe more important than the policies a politician makes. And his argument behind that, there are some biblical elements yeah. to this where moral character of a leader can corrupt the culture of the nation, yep. which is true. Actually, Absolutely true. We agree with that. attitude does reflect leadership. And we've, we've quoted that many times in yeah. other podcasts. Um, but this is the thing. Who's, who is the one that actually controls your um, character? Is it your president or is it your Lord? Right. So if we're truly Christians, and he's speaking to people who are supposed to be truly Christians. Christians, they're not going to be allowing any man on any pedestal in any position to affect their character or their moral integrity. That is something that is molded by the potter because yeah. we are the potter's clay. Amen. And so we as Christians need to take jurisdiction responsibility, really, man's responsibility yeah. over our own attitudes over the way that we engage with politics and not follow anyone's example except what we feel God's calling us to through scripture. What a great thing to talk to your kids about this point that he brought up, moral character or policy or both, or, mm-hmm. or where do you side? Mm-hmm. And by the way, moral character is super important in leadership, yes. but I would never vote for a president because I want him or her to lead me. I'm not looking for someone to lead me. Not spiritually. No, yeah. I'm looking for someone that is going to make a better country based on the decisions they actually make and the chance they're actually going to follow through on those good yeah. policy decisions. I mean, would we love it if there was like an awesome Bible-based pastor or oh, somebody yeah, that was a amazing. spiritual leader that ran? That'd for, be incredible. Yes, but if we're looking at today's candidates, the reality is, is we don't have that option. Right. And so we need to choose. And this is the other reality. Can I just say it? There's actually only two candidates. Yeah. And if you think that there are more than that, then you're actually believing a lie. So if you're a Christian that writes somebody in, you're basically giving a greater chance for Biden and Harris to win. Yeah. Because your vote's actually not going to count. I'm just going to say, I believe, that's my opinion, that your vote doesn't isn't going to count if, if you're not you'd... voting for one or the other. Right. Um, in the sense, I mean, if, if it was true that your guy actually had an opportunity to win, he would have been in the debate. Was he in the debate? He has not been in the debates. So the reality is we have two people that are running and we need to evaluate those two and make the wisest, most biblical decision we can it's like, based upon those what's two. What's at stake? I can't have my judgment clouded over what's going to be best for my kids and grandkids and so forth and the gospel moving forward. And right, because oppression of, actually oppresses the gospel moving forward. Right, all right. of the things that that matter and the most important things with Piper agrees with was the gospel advancing, which is the second thing. Gospel uh, is more important. The gospel moving forward is more mm-hmm. important than protecting America. and uh, Which we totally agree we with. We totally agree with. Yes. However, it just so happens America is one of, if not the biggest uh, country that sends out missionaries around the world that gives money around the world for good things. And I'm not saying America is perfect. No. They're far from perfect. There okay? are missionaries coming here. That should Two. tell us something. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but on that note though, this is the thing is that it's almost like he's saying, should what, which one should we choose? Right. 
protecting a nation or the gospel moving forward. But the reality is, is we can actually do both. It reminds me of Jim <laughs> Collins quote from the book. Good is great is the tyranny of the, or, or the genius of the, and I'm taking the genius of the, and here. And I think that sometimes people take the tyranny of the, or, and it doesn't have to be an, or, um, there is somebody, and we'll talk about our 20 reasons we're voting for Trump, but there's somebody that actually what they do and what they've already done has demonstrated a track record that is unbelievable for, um, things that are biblically true in, and in alignment and defending our freedoms and defending right? our freedoms and, defending our and things that are not biblical, but are good things. Okay. <laughs> so we, and the third thing I got out of reading the Piper thing, uh, article, sorry, is uh, Trump's unrepentant sins disqualify Christians to to, to, to vote, vote for him. him. He didn't actually say that. This is me digesting a, an article and what I took, what I thought people, Christians would take from it, what I mm -hmm. took from it being a Christian. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, we need to be careful here. Yeah, he appears to sin, right? For sure. And he has, are there sins in his past? Yes. Um, is he prideful is, still? Is yes. there anybody here that doesn't deal with pride listening? Is there anybody here that doesn't still sin? Is there anybody here that doesn't deal with past sins? Some horrendous. I know I have some horrendous past sins. I was, I became a believer when I was, uh, 23, 23. And you know what? The, my sins didn't stop. Now I would say that by having the grace of God and God's influence in my life, way more fruitful, way less. You became a new creation. New creation. Um, you no and, longer were walking in the sins that you were walking in right. before. But as far as like, we all do fall short of the glory we of God. We all fall short and God uh, closes that gap mm -hmm. so we can be right with, um, Jesus closes the gap so we can be right with God. And we all know this stuff. And I just, you know, is there maybe a plank happening in some Christians' minds in their own eye? Well, right. I think that really what it comes down to is people having a standard of not being willing to... Um, overlook certain things for, for making an actual decision. Now I'm not saying that we overlook sin. Yeah. Like when, especially when we're talking about teaching our kids, we actually, it's important that we would talk about the things that we do see, right? Yeah. He's a public figure. I'm talking about the president here. He's a public figure making sure that our kids know it's not okay to be prideful. It's not okay to treat people the way that he treats people sometimes. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, just talking about the vulgarity, for example, of, of certain situations saying, okay, how could he have said this differently in a tweet that wouldn't have been so, um, attacking. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and having those conversations is important with your kids because you don't want them Amen. to look up to him and want to mimic him. So it is important that we draw attention to this. Moral character yeah. is a really is big really issue, but at the end of the day, is there, is there any man who can have both moral character and have the ability to fight. I'm going to say fight for the policies that are actually going to impact and, and protect not just freedoms. I'm not talking about freedoms here. I think that sometimes Christians have made an idol out of liberty and out of freedom because there are a lot that we don't actually have that people think that we have. Mm -hmm. I've talked about this before in previous podcasts, but the reality is, is what, what are we doing today to do our best, not to ensure, but to do our best to have a future for our kids, for our grandkids, even for ourselves when we're in our 80s and 90s, mm -hmm. where we have the ability to go and worship together in a church building. Yeah. 
Yes, I get that that is actually a privilege and that other people can't do that in other countries, but how we vote today actually impacts that one thing. Amen. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. And so here's the thing. A lot of times he's brash. He's, he's comes from the, the, the business world in a big level. I'm not saying that everybody in the business world is like that, no. but he, um, a lot of times when I, what sometimes I'm like, Oh, I, that could have been said better. That could have been done better. I definitely have those feelings, but you know what? I think people feel that about me, especially when I was in the business world too, and these kinds of things and, and nobody's perfect, but here's a guy that from the beginning, the other side was spying on him in his personal life. Who knows? Maybe in his personal home in Trump Tower, he was spied on. I think so. The FBI and the Justice Department was completely corrupt. Not everybody. There's great people working at those places. So if you're listening and work there, I'm not talking about you. But overall, there was corruption happening at the highest levels mm-hmm. and spying and all these things. And there was this principle that happens, uh, a disillusionment happens in these uncertain times, which is reality distortion. By the, by the left and the other side, not all of them, but some of them, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the reality of their own evil doing or wrongdoing, they blame the other side for. It's and unbelievable. It. Right. Like right now, just even the, the blame game that was happening in the last debate, right? About where are you getting your money from China and, you know, and it literally was coming from both sides to where as a spectator watching it, if you haven't dug a little bit and understood, you could easily become deceived by, by either, right? So it is a fact that he was spied on. You can't argue that. You just can't, okay? Mm-hmm. That there was FISA abuse and that this was directed from 
uh, Hillary and even uh, Biden was part of it, right? Um, you can't deny that there's problems with Hunter Biden and the relationships of foreign affairs. We can't deny that right now. There's, there's too much evidence. Um, the Russian hoax, which actually the other side uh, was more having an issue uh, being influenced by Russia in Trump was not, it appears that was proven. Okay. So in a court of law, so it is yeah. the delusion. So part of me sees, yeah, Trump could be better sometimes, but part of me, I'm like, way to defend yourself. You don't know. We don't know what he's dealing with off the camera. And then he gets on the camera and we do know some of the things he's dealing with and the media hates him. They hate what he's doing. They hate what mm -hmm. he stands for. They hate all these things. And there's 20 reasons I think we should not hate. We should embrace that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. So there's a big delusion. There's a big divide. And I really think if, if they're looking at this, there's a principle that if you create enough division, if you create enough hatred, enough, then fear. Pe enough fear, people lose common sense. Mm -hmm. And they just want to attack. When hatred comes in, we are, we are not rational anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that's happening throughout our country. Mm -hmm. You can just see it. And, uh, you know, I, I, part of the reason we moved, you'll listen to the relocation podcast. Part of the reason we moved away from Oregon is because property rights weren't being upheld anymore. Downtown Portland, these poor business owners, they're allowing people to destroy their businesses and livelihoods. It's lawlessness. Lawlessness. Which is I'm not like, biblical. Why would I want to buy a house in Oregon? If they're not upholding property rights, property rights is a big deal. That is the beginning of the end for a civilization if people aren't allowed to own a home and have it be protected. The reality is, is that <laughs> I'm going to go a little off topic for a sec. The thing that has been so alarming to me is that there's an entire, I mean, obviously group, not just generation, but it seems like a, there's a specific generation that has specifically been deceived into believing that socialism is actually the way that we should go, mm -hmm. right, as a country. And I literally go, do you not see every other country that has been socialistic and communist? Like, look at them. Are any of them thriving? Would you ever want to live full-time in any of those countries? Is there prosperity there? Is there freedom there? No, it's oppression. It's, it, 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 the deception is so incredibly thick. You can yeah. cut it with a knife. And it makes me sick to my stomach because the reality is that a lot of that was actually in Portland. So Yeah, and, I, and since you're on this, one of the things I've noticed is that the more um, the more government, when society breaks down, there's this there's this feeling of we need more government, okay? But the reality is, if you look throughout history in other countries, is when there's problems in society, more government isn't the solution. In fact, it furthers the problems in society, okay? Personal responsibility. I really look at President Trump as the president of encouraging personal responsibility. And yeah. smaller government, government where needed, but only where needed. And um, that's super important. Now, another thing that's interesting to think about is when people don't believe in God, they, we all were made by God. And so we all in us have a desire for a supreme good authority in our lives. Okay, think about that for a second. And a lot of people are putting that pressure on the presidential election. And they're putting that on yeah. the presidential election, and they're putting that on government. So if I don't believe in God, then I want government to help me. Okay, and that's a, and so over-reliance, maybe even subconsciously, 
Wow, that's really powerful. And so, um, but if we believe in God, then we know what is in power. And we tend to less want government uh, to rely on government. It's just an interesting thing I've noticed. You may disagree with me. That's totally fine. But um, it's something to think about. Mm -hmm. Okay, so number four, the reality on Trump. So here we go. Okay, so we're going to rapid fire through some of these, and then we'll go back and maybe talk about a few of them more in depth. Does that sound good? Or how do you want to go about this? Um, I think we should just rapid fire and talk briefly about some of them. So here are the um, 20-issues, right, policies and issues that Isaac and I have talked about. A lot of Christians kind of get hung up on one issue. What's that issue? Yeah. And it, Christians always like they'll say, I'm voting on this one issue, which is the pro-life issue. Okay. So we have 19 before we get to pro-life. That's right. So there are 20 issues that we have been really focusing on with our kids. There are actually others that we've been focusing on as well, but we're going to just share 20 of them and, with and, you. And real quick, we don't just, we didn't bombard our kids with all of these at once. We've nope. been talking about these things for years. One, yes. one at a time. As issues come up in the world, we're talking about immigration and the wall and things like that. As issues come up, we're talking about the economy and, and what works and, you know, these kinds of things. So I just don't want you to bombard your family all at once with these no, things. No, that's really wise. The other thing I just want to, I want to make really clear. Let's talk for a second about moral character does actually impact policy. Mm-hmm. This is something we do agree with Piper on. Mm-hmm. And the fact that if someone is standing for policy, are they going to be true to their word and actually do what they say they're going to do? Because yeah. that's a character thing, right? But that's not something that you can judge. You can't judge a man's heart. Only God can judge a man's heart. What can man do? Man can look at outward appearance. What is outward appearance in regards to actually following through with policy? It's what their track record is. Yeah. And what have we seen from Trump what have we seen from Biden? Yeah. What have, What is the fruit of them being in ruling, right, in authority? And we are going to be talking, some of that stuff is in our 20 reasons, right? Because yeah. the reality is, is yes, Trump is an unrepentant sin and a few really big issues, like being vulgar in his talk or being prideful. Like those are big issues. But then there's this element where when it comes to policy, which is what we vote on, right? We vote on policy. Mm-hmm. He actually does what he says he's going to do. Yeah. But the media doesn't actually bring attention to the, a lot of the things that he has done and done well. And we're going to talk about those too. Yeah. So let's just talk about education first. Okay. Um, there's there's things he's done that supports a parent's right to where their kids are educated. For example, letting them shift money to charter schools and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that gives freedom of choice to parents. Parents should have rights on how their kids are educated. Now, is any th- policy perfect? No. There's some ripple effects that less funding to public schools and so forth. Well, hey, let's let supply and demand work. And mm-hmm. if public schools want to be in demand, let's make them better. There you go. So uh, I know it's not as simple as that. I get it. But overall, he's given more choice to parents, which we think is super important. Right. Um, Standing for justice versus lawlessness. This one is very personal in my mind just because I I think – well, I know that God wired me to be a high justice person, right? So when I see injustice happening, I do – I, the mama bear kind of comes out in me. And I think that's just kind of how God has wired me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I see um, stereotyping happening, for example, to police officers, now, are some police officers wicked and working in the wrong? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But are all 
No, no. Most, most are not. And the reality is, is there's a stereotyping that's happening. We talked about this the other night where literally the badge of honor is being ripped off of police officers and what's being put in replace? Disgrace. And, and that's that a is, lot of why they serve and protect is because they want to do good for society. It's why they took the position. And, and actually got take, low pay for it. If you take that <laughs> away from them, that's horrible. And they, they, some of them get paid pretty well because overtime and things like that. But, um, but, but you take the honor away. That's a big deal. So we really believe and we've mentioned property rights and we need to have justice. We need to have people that obey the law and politicians that back up the laws that are already in place. We're seeing an erosion of that. We're not seeing any erosion of that with Trump. He is absolutely backing up the law. Mm -hmm. Well, even when in when Biden is asked in debates, are you for law or lawlessness? He doesn't he doesn't answer. He actually yeah. doesn't respond. And so the reality is, is there is chaos. When there's chaos, then government can come in control and the people within the, the, the country look at that as they are thankful for the authority coming in because there's so much creating fear there happening is, in the world. There is a philosophy out there that if you create chaos, you can gain power. And so that could be part of why. Um, We're not saying that it is. We're saying it could be. It could be. Um, the our point as far as uh, lawlessness and justice goes is justice is biblical. Lawlessness is not biblical. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a big issue that, frankly, I don't remember this being an issue in any other presidential nope. election until now. And so this is a pivotal time to be teaching your kids about this. Does that mean that we just brush the issues of wickedness um, in regards to justice under the carpet? No. Justice is justice. Yeah. Justice for all actually is what we stand for. So, Amen. And the next one is fighting opioid, opioid problem in America, which is huge. And um, by the way, we'll put this in the resources in CourageousParenting.com under the podcast, which is Wayne Grudem, um, a great Christian uh, author and uh, theologian, I believe. Yeah, he um, wrote Systematic Theology. And so forth. Mm -hmm. we, we don't side with uh, him on everything, obviously, but he did write a really good article on 30 reasons uh, he's for Trump. I'm going to put that in there and you'll see um, that uh, he has the same ones as us, but more. Mm -hmm. And so, but you'll see that uh, this is where I got that fighting opium problem, 6 billion going towards that, allocated towards that. That's so that, awesome. And that's do you amazing. see that on the front lines of the news? Oh, probably not. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. The next one is fighting sex trafficking, which can I just say with all of the allegations that, um, by the way, try to get censored because of the liberal media. Yeah. They try to prevent this from becoming exposed. But the issues with Epstein, the Clintons, um, multiple people on the left side yeah. being very involved. I'm sure that there are people on the right also that are guilty of this horrendous act right of yeah. sex trafficking um but the ra reality is that we have some very unfortunate things happening for example the bill that was just passed in california right yeah. there is a, a real need for us to have deep conversations with our kids especially if they are older yeah right if they're ever going out if your kid is old enough to ride their bike in their neighborhood alone 
they need to be warned about sex trafficking. Super important. And Trump has done an incredible job. They're rounding up tons of people. There's investigations happening. They there is an rescued effort. kids. They're rescuing yeah. kids. And this just, you just won't see that in the media much, but he's very, very much and doing a great job. You know, that. on that note, I just saw this last week. I think it was Ali Stuckey. She posted a, a press conference that was held because of some amazing grounds that Trump has made on the efforts of fighting sex trafficking and they held oh, a press awesome. conference about it. But what was so disturbing is that there were only a few press that actually went to that because they don't want to give him credit. And then when they asked the press, if they had any questions, no one had any questions and they went, Oh, yeah. okay. There's no questions. All right then. Okay, good. And then they left. It was yeah. so ridiculous. Any other president would have been slapped on the front of newspapers. Yep. There, It would have been all over Twitter, all social media, but they censored it. Yeah. So the next one is the amount of judges he's put in place. He took every opportunity to do what he's supposed to do in putting judges in place when there's vacancies. It's one of the acts of a president when they are in office. So over 150 judges, two of which uh, are Supreme Court justices. It'll be three shortly. If Amy Barrett, when Amy Barrett is confirmed, right? Which it looks like that's going through. So, and uh, he's very much looking for judges that are conservative and for um the life of human beings. Right. Which is interesting. So when you, when it comes down to, if you were to judge someone's moral character based upon their actions, so far we have someone who is fighting drug addiction, someone who's fighting sex trafficking, someone who's trying to put in uh, righteous judges that are going to be voting yeah. for life, um, someone who's standing for justice and not lawlessness, and someone who is actually for parental rights regarding education. And so what's interesting about this, so if we as humans, it says yeah. that we can't judge a man's heart. Right. So we don't know if he's been repentant or not, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously he's still proactively struggling with some things, right? Yeah. But the reality is, is we can only judge what actions he has taken. And here's somebody that's already taken massive action in a good way on all of these things. Right. And a lot of it's just not being publicized, right? So trade deals, um, super important because there's some past trade deals that were bad with China and mm -hmm. the NAFTA thing with uh, Canada and Mexico. Redid those things and it took some s serious strength that no other president has had in modern history. I mean, I'll just say the way that he confronts specific issues and is willing to um, not back down so that he can protect the American economy. Yeah. Isn't that the job of the president? Yeah. And businesses are what create jobs and jobs are what supply income for families. That's right. So it is yeah. so important that we have fair trade deals. And now we do. Protecting U.S. businesses' intellectual property. Tariffs were put on China because mm -hmm. of this. There's a couple other things, but that was mm -hmm. one of the reasons. And it makes it fair. If they're going to steal, well, they're going to pay a lot more when they try and import those products. There you go. Which, again, is just. Yeah. Right? ISIS. ISIS. Haven't heard a lot about ISIS lately. Interesting. So we don't know if that's because uh, the government is or the media is potentially censoring good things that Trump has done or if he already has taken out a lot of them to well, where it's not as big of an we, issue. We do know that a lot of them have been taken out, that mm -hmm. there was a very proactive effort to do it in a very efficient way. But uh, ISIS has been deeply minimized 
and as opposed to what was happening during the Obama and Biden administration, right? And so we know that if Biden was to be put into election, we already know his stance on relationships with those groups. And how about religious freedom? There's uh, laws he's passed that give businesses more freedom in choosing who they serve and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if there's things they decide to do for uh, religious reasons, they're more protected. I think that's super, super important. So especially for generations down the road. I mean, when it comes to religious freedom, that then trickles into every other issue. Yeah. Right? So. Protecting boys and girls bathrooms. You might think that's why are you talking about that? I go, well, there was a law by the Obama Biden administration that allowed a person to decide no matter what gender they are, which bathroom they want to use, which could potentially be dangerous. It was dangerous. In fact, story after story were coming out once that was Mm -hmm. passed of danger and people being scared to go to the bathroom and so forth. And so now whatever you are, born with boy or girl, that's the bathroom you are supposed to go in. I think that's super important. Mm -hmm. Um, Fighting media censorship. It's a big deal. I mean, the reality is, is there is media censorship. We've been talking about this for a long time. I've personally experienced it for many years. You've also experienced it. We together collectively have experienced it. Um, We know many people who have also experienced this on a very large front, whether their YouTube channel is frozen or taken down temporarily or their Instagram handles, whatever, right? Like it happens to people. And the reality is that Trump is fighting media censorship. One thing I love about this also in regards to constitutional and bill of rights type stuff is right now um, what you see is Trump's own children, Ivanka and Jared. Jared. Yeah, they're in the news right now because in I think it's New York's Times Square, New York City Times Square, there's uh, billboards up or uh, ver- digital billboards and they're taking quotes from them and, and changing them. and misusing it and changing what their meaning is with their image, which is defamation. And uh, yeah, you can't take someone's content and then put it in a different context. That's called lying and false light. And so now they are potentially going to court for defamation to defend themselves, which I absolutely stand behind, obviously. And so I think it's great that they're fighting. If you don't stand up for the Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights don't exist in actuality. And so it's the same thing with the Constitution. We have freedom of speech, Mm -hmm. but we don't have freedom to slander. Okay. So there's a big Mm -hmm. difference. And I love that uh, the administration fights for that. And they're standing for truth, actually, is what that is. They're standing for truth. Um, So Israel's the next one. Okay. This is a really big deal. Yeah. God's word actually has something to say about this. So I'm going to share just briefly. If you wanted to go to Numbers chapter 24, verse 9, this is what God says about those who bless Israel. It says, blessed is he who blesses you. It's talking about Israel. Who yeah. blesses Israel. And cursed is he who curses you. And Trump has been a friend of Israel. The pre- more so than most Well, the presidents. previous administration was not a friend, actually. Mm-hmm. They were the most unfriendly. The, the mm-hmm. Obama-Biden administration was the most mm-hmm. unfriendly to Israel. You can look back and see why. And now they moved the embassy, which was took bold moves. All, all other um, Republican presidents promised that, or a lot of them, and never did. He mm-hmm. actually follows through on what he say, says he's going to do. And the, the United uh, Arab 
Emirates uh, now has direct flights into Israel and vice versa and our friends and a couple other uh, Arab nations came in mm-hmm. in the fold that was negotiated by Trump. Just unbelievable things. That, and he moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to yeah, Israel. Yeah. And so there have been many big things that Trump has actually done action wise to so show exciting. a loyalty and a help to Israel. If you want more verses on that, you can go to Genesis chapter 12, verse three, where God is also talking about blessing those who bless Israel. So tax cuts, shifting gears here that I just put a note. That's a belief in people. And some people are like, wait, the rich are going to get richer and it benefits the rich. Well, wait a second. Yeah. Nothing's perfect. You have to make things, decisions that create the most overall good. Some people are going to abuse it, but you know what? If People who have money pay less taxes. That's usually a good thing because they're the biz, they'll hire more mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened in our economy during Trump for many other reasons too, deregulation in some ways and so forth. But that's a belief in the personal responsibility of people that when they get more money, they're going to use it well and they're going to purchase things in an economy which helps the whole system. Mm-hmm. It's super, super important. Whereas the more government philosophy believes that you can't trust people, so we just need to take their money and more of it because we are the trustworthy ones. All right. The next one on our list is prescription drugs, Isaac. Oh, yeah. So he's just dramatically brought down the price of prescription drugs where you used to have to like go to Canada and get your prescription drugs and then come back over because they're mm-hmm. cheaper. Now in the United States, that is increasingly happening where they're much cheaper, which is important. And also the economy, right? Unemployment's way down, mm-hmm. which is different than tax cuts. But the economy prior to COVID was doing extraordinarily well, unheard of, amazing, absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, then COVID hit it. Um and then, uh, but it's still bouncing back. I can't believe how resilient our economy is with well, COVID and everything. It's because of our the it's authority incredible. too. Yeah. It it's could inc- be really bad right now. If the Biden administration was in office right now, oh, as soon what as do you think we would it, be doing? If, if uh, Biden wins, the stock market's going to tank. Everything changes. Like everything regarding the economy changes. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. policies of the other side just do not work for a thriving economy. Okay. That's, that's my opinion. Yep, that one's your opinion. Obama mandate. That has to do with the healthcare. And uh, Trump got rid of the Obama mandate, which? It required people to pay massive fines if they weren't on Obamacare, right? Or weren't on that specific type of insurance. You no longer have a choice. You have to pay a fine if you don't have it. So again, the president of personal responsibility and letting people have choices, uh, which is important. Not Mm -hmm. forcing fines on people for not doing something that's... Maybe, Maybe not great. Yeah. Strong military. Um, we're, we don't believe like we should just go to war and things like that at all. No. But we do believe in protecting ourselves. Strong military, it was super depleted before. So building that up is really important. And guess what? Um, you know, Trump hasn't declared any wars in his first four years, which I think is a first um, in that's a long time. That's interesting. Oh, so, wow. So anyway, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that that may not ha- may happen in the next four years. I don't know, but we need to protect our country. Uh, immigration mm-hmm. is another one, the wall and all this. That I think is so important. You have to know who's coming into your country and we should bring people in through a process that brings the best people into our country. That is in always a been a been. I know. Fair. I think yeah. of the story of my grandma uh, on my dad's side. And she came into the country with her four kids mm-hmm. when they were young by herself. 
and, and get a proper mm -hmm. immigration process. Mm -hmm. And her whole family has been a great contribution mm -hmm. to the United States and uh, thankful for that process. There's a process in place. We mm -hmm. should use it. Mm -hmm. And the wall keeps things safe. Mm -hmm. uh, COVID response. That's being attacked big time right now because, you know, that's what they need to attack. And there's not a lot else to attack. Well, what's interesting, too, is that they're attacking it. But yet he I, from my perspective, I don't think he could have done anything better. I mean, he would have been blamed if he didn't shut down the economy for a while. He would have been blamed if he did. They keep going back and forth on what they condemn. So whatever he does, they condemn. That's actually the game that we're in right now. And the reality is, is he did care and he did shut down the economy and he was trying to help the economy by sending out um, stimulus checks, right? Let's have a good memory too. When he decided to um, close down flights from China, the left Biden, Nancy we were Pelosi so, were freaking yeah. out on him, uh, all these things. And then when he started closing down the, the economy, Nancy Pelosi is, I remember seeing this in, the, in on my Twitter feed. She is like in Chinatown in San Francisco saying, everything's fine. Everything's fine. No problems. We can be out and about. And then the, the story switches later. So no matter what he's doing well, they just switch and say he's doing it wrong. Even right. if they said it was right, right before, which is what you just said. Yeah. So he actually had an early response uh, that wasn't popular. Mm -hmm. And then he has done not perfect, but I think he's done the best he can on a very complex and weird situation with, frankly, a lot of bad information, including coming from the scientific community. Right. Some good information, some bad information. Really hard. I mean, this is one of those situations where you're responsible for an entire nation. Huge, huge nation. Yeah. Biggest nation, right? And something happens that has never happened here before. And you are getting information from all different places and you're trying to discern what is true and what is not true. Such a tough job. Yeah. And I do believe that, you know, op reopening the economy and believing the best and trying to do these things and then, and then flipping it and putting the power in each of the governor's hands. Right. So that, cause they know they're, so they're supposed to know their communities better and what's going on. Right. Yeah. But the reality is he he has been doing what he what I think is the best that he could do, right? Yeah. He got COVID, right? He survived. And so for people to be condemning him. The biggest thing is you can't make a worse problem because you have a problem. So by shutting things down and being too controlling about COVID, yeah. uh, depression, drug use, businesses failing, suicide. financial de devastation, um, suicides, all of these things are real and happening. And if you if you hurt, if you control things too much, it causes problems. Make mm -hmm. good recommendations, personal responsibility. One of the reasons we love Idaho, mm -hmm. they believe in personal responsibility and people uh, mm -hmm. and making recommendations, but not overly controlling people, unless you're, a, it's a franchise in Idaho, like Ashley Furniture, uh, which <laughs> we got kicked out of and uh, some others. Yeah. But uh, there you go. So finally, if you are a one issue voter and you're voting for Trump on pro-life, well, here's number 20, pro-life, pro but you would have to dismiss the other 19 reasons. If that was the only case. <laughs> but if you disagree with us on all the other 19, then hey, pro-life is a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he's put all those judges in, most of which uh, are more conservative and would lean towards pro-life, mm -hmm. which is a big effort. He has uh, restricted government funding mm -hmm. towards abortion. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he has been vocal. He's the first president in the State of the Union to talk deeply about um, these issues, which is big. And I think you have a scripture for us, right? I do. It's the the very obvious Psalm 139, 13 through 16, which says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Amen. And in Trump's State of the Union address, where he was consistently mocked by the left, acting childish, in my opinion, when he gave a great speech, actually, regardless of which side you're on, he gave gave a great speech. In fact, here's some of his words. To defend the dignity of every person, I'm asking the Congress to pass legislation to prohibit the late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in a mother's womb. He said, let us work together to build a culture that cherishes innocent life. He added, and let us reaffirm a fundamental truth. All children, born and unborn, are made in the holy image of God. So not only does he say it in an unprecedented way, but he's backing it with the things he is doing. Right. It's a really big deal. So you guys, you know, um, as we are getting towards the close of this podcast, there is a scripture that we just wanted to encourage you with that's in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 2 that says, Therefore I exhort, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all goodness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God and Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Listen, when I think about even having the ability, the ability, the freedom to live a godly, peaceable, quiet reverent life, Mm -hmm. the reality is that everything that Biden and his, that left side stands for is the in opposition to living a peaceable, quiet, gentle, reverent, and even righteous life. And the thing that's so hard about this is that you literally, if you are choosing to, I'm going to say something very bold. This is my opinion, but biblically I cannot believe that any Christian would vote for Biden or the left side for, for many reasons, Yeah, all of the reasons that we just listed. But the fact that there is also this element that our leaders who are put in position should be wanting to create an environment for us to be able to lead a quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Now, you might find that hard if you're if you're questioning Trump and you have a hard time with how he communicates and all these things, seeing that he creates that. But if you look at all the policies, actually what he does actually does create this. It protects us from being imposed upon or oppressed. Yeah. Because the other laws are oppressive. It's about freedom. Mm -hmm. So thanks for joining us. See you next time.
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.